me open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 14. Uh, that's where we left off at. Matthew chapter 14, starting with verse 1. Today we will be looking at several different things that took place in this chapter. We have the death of John the Baptist, Jesus feeding the 5,000, Jesus walking on water, and Jesus healing the sick at Gennesaret. I believe that's how you would pronounce it. So let's begin. Verse 1. At that time, Herod the Tetrarch heard of the fame of Jesus and said unto his servants, This is John the Baptist. He is risen from the dead, and therefore mighty works do show forth themselves in him. First, it is strange Herod did not hear of the fame of Jesus until now. Second, when he heard of the fame, he thought it was John the Baptist whom he had beheaded. His conscience told him he had offered an unjust violence to an innocent man. And, how, and now he is afraid that he has come again for revenge on him. Verse 3 says, For Herod had laid hold on John and bound him and put him in prison for Herodias' sake, his brother Philip's wife. Let's look at this, some things that happened to John the Baptist when he was alive. History has it, this Herodias was a granddaughter of Herod. She was first married to Herod Philip, by whom she had a daughter. This is all a family matter and family issues. The marriage of Herod Antipas with Herodias took place while he was on a journey to Rome. What can be confusing in, in all of this is many kings had, were called Herod, like many women called Mary or many men called John. But he stopped by his brother's place and fell in love with his wife. He agreed to put away his own wife. Herodias agreed to leave her own husband and live with Herod. They were living, therefore, in adultery. Herod was guilty of two crimes in this act, of adultery as she was the wife of another man, of incense as she was related and such marriages were expressively forbidden. Under the law, in Leviticus 18.16, they were told, Thou shalt not uncover the nakedness of thy brother's wife. It is thy brother's nakedness. So in verse 4, it says, For John said unto him, It is not lawful for thee to have her. How this came about was, Herod invited John to preach at the court, and he heard him gladly. It was then and there John told the king of his crime. When Herod heard John, he was going to take his life because he wasn't expecting John to come down on him like this. For the king's crime was dealing with his brother's wife. The law called for anyone committing adultery to be stoned. Mm -hmm. Leviticus 20.10 tells us this. And the man that committed adultery with another man's wife even he that committeth adultery with his neighbor's wife, 
The adulterer and the adulteress shall surely be put to death. If that was the law for everyone else, why would there be an exception for them? Mm -hmm. Just like today, politicians and those in office are with money. They do wrong and get a pardon. No jail time, regardless of the crime. But for us, if we walk across the street wrong, we are arrested and put in jail or worse. Verse 5 says, And when he would have put him to death, he feared the multitude because they counted him as a prophet. You see, John's peculiar ministry gained for him the reputation of a great prophet in Judea. For this reason, Herod was afraid to put him to death. But when Herod's birthday was kept, the daughter of Herodias danced before them and pleased Herod. Whereupon he promised with an oath to give her whatsoever she would ask. You see, back then, a king's word was his bond. And he could give up to half of his kingdom and remain king. And she being before instructed of her mother, said, give me her John Baptist head in a charger. A charger is a large dish, a bowl or drinking cup. How barbaric can you get? Kill the messenger in order to stop the message. That is what Satan was trying to do since the beginning. Killing Jesus didn't stop the truth. Killing the apostles didn't stop the truth. And what they are doing today is not going to stop God's word, the prophecies, or what God has said will come to pass. And it certainly will not stop God from sending Jesus in time. And the king was sorry. Nevertheless, for the oath's sake, and them which sat with him at meat, he commanded it to be given her. At this point, John was sitting in prison awaiting his execution. Let's look at Matthew 11, 2-7. It says this. Now, when John had heard in the prison the works of Christ, he sent two of his disciples and said unto them, Art thou he that should come, or do we look for another? John knew that Jesus was the one. Before John baptized Jesus, he said, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. But he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. And when John came to him to be, when Jesus came to him to be baptized, John forbade him saying, I have need to be baptized of thee and comest thou to me. Also, when John baptized Jesus, he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and lightning upon him. So if anybody knew Jesus was the one, John did. So the purpose of John sending his disciples was so they would know Jesus was the one. Verse four says, Jesus answered and said unto them, Go and show John again those things which you do, which you do hear and see. The blind receive their sight, mm -hmm. and the lame walk, 
and the lepers are cleansed and the deaf hear. The dead are raised up and the poor have the gospel preached to them. You see, when you look at the whole matter, sinners are blind. They under, their understanding is darkened. They cannot see the way of truth and salvation. They are lame and not able to walk in the path of righteousness. They are leprous and their souls are defiled with sin by sin. Mm -hmm. They are deaf to the voice of God, his word and their own conscience. They are dead in trespassing and sins. Nothing less than the power of Christ can redeem all from this. And the redeeming power is Christ. Every believing soul is given sight that they may have understanding. Yes. And the dead are raised that they may have life everlasting. Mm -hmm. Verse 6 says, And blessed is he whosoever shall not be offended in me. And as they departed, Jesus began to say unto the multitudes concerning John, What went ye out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken with the wind? Jesus also made this statement in Luke. For I say unto you, among those that are born of a woman, there is not a greater prophet than John the Baptist. But he that is least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. Back to verse 10 of Matthew 14. And he sent and he sent and beheaded John in the prison. And his head was brought in a charger and given to the damsel. And she brought it to her mother. And, the, and his disciples came and took up the body and buried it and went and told Jesus. When Jesus heard of it, he departed thence by ship into a desert place apart. And when the people had heard thereof, they followed him on foot out of the cities. And Jesus went forth and saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion towards them. And he healed their sick. And when it was evening, his disciples came to him saying, this is a desert place and the time is now past. Send the multitudes away that they may go into a village and buy themselves victuals. A desert place, meaning a place with little cultivation and where there were few or no inhabitants, no towns, no houses, no places to eat, no farming, just a desert, an empty place. And the disciples were concerned for the people. But in verse 16, but Jesus said unto them, they need no, they need not depart. Give ye them to eat. The disciples still not understanding Jesus' capability. If Jesus can heal the sick, if he can raise the dead and cast out devils, don't you think he can do something about food? Mm -hmm. Verse 17, and they said unto him, we have here but five loaves and two fish. He said, bring them hither to me. And he commanded the multitude to sit down on the grass and took the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he blessed and break and gave the loaves to his disciples and the disciples to the multitude. One scripture says he sat them down by fifties. 
And they did eat and they did all eat and were filled. And they took up of the fragments that remained 12 baskets full. And they that had eaten were about 5,000 men besides. And they that had eaten were 5,000 men besides women and children. We cannot imagine 5,000 men eating off of two fish and five loaves of bread. <laughs> and this did not include the women or children. And to add to this miracle, they took up 12 baskets afterwards. This means they had more after the feeding than when they started. If half the men, say if half the men were married with children, it would bring the number easily to at least 10,000 that were fed. Verse 22 says, And straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him unto the other side while he sent the multitudes away. Two things to think about in this verse. Either they were afraid being disciples to return into the place of Herod and they were unwilling to leave without Jesus, their Lord and protector, and would not enter into their boat until Christ had become commanded them to leave. It also appears Christ gave some advice to the multitudes after the departure of his disciples, which he did not wish them to hear. And John, it tells us the men who saw the miracles Jesus did, they said, this is of a truth that prophet that should come into the world. Also, Jesus perceived they would come and take him by force to make him a king. So he departed again into a mountain himself alone. And verse 23, and when he had sent the multitude away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. Jesus needed time alone with his father. Yes. Just like we need to get in a place where it is nobody but us and God. Mm -hmm. I don't mean time where you just talk to God. I mean a time where God can talk to you. You see, sometimes we don't need to talk. We just need to listen. Mm -hmm. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves. For the wind was contrary. And the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. The fourth watch is a little before the morning. Walking on the sea means Jesus was defying the laws of gravity. Jesus did this by his own power, therefore showing forth his Godhead. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled saying, it is a spirit, and they cried out for fear. I want you to think about what is happening. If you have ever been out on the water on a boat at night or first thing come morning, there are no lights to see anything, especially then, since there was also no electricity to show forth any kind of light. Yet just before dawn in the dark, they see Jesus walking towards them. It is one thing to be on land and someone approaches you. But if you're in a boat and you see someone walking, what would you think? But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer. It is I. Be not afraid. Mm -hmm. 
And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And he said, come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. The first or the very first step Peter took when he saw he did not sink, this told him it was Jesus. What is happening in your life? How long does it take before you recognize what is being done is by God's power and not your own? But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried, saying, Lord, save me. I want you to think about this for a moment. Also, he was walking on the water because he received a word. That word was come. Mm -hmm. We are walking in what we believe in faith from a word spoken. When circumstances changed around Peter, he could still see Jesus, but he no longer was focused on the word given. Come. When circumstances arise in our daily walk, even though we have been given a word and we believe Christ, do we take our attention away from what was spoken to us, which causes us to doubt what we have been given? And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? That is the million dollar question for us. Wherein have we doubted? What has God done or not done to cause us not to believe? And when they were come into the ship, the wind ceased. Mm -hmm. When you allow God to reside in your ship, in your heart, the winds that disturb your peace will cease. Yes, yes. <laughs> then they that were in the ship came and worshiped him saying, of a truth, thou art the son of God. Notice here it says, they that were in the ship came and worshiped him saying, of a truth, thou art the son of God. Mm -hmm. These words were probably spoken either by the sailors or passengers, not by the disciples. It would have been a strange thing if the disciples, after all the miracles they had seen Jesus work, after their having left all to follow him, and they were only now persuaded that he was the promised Messiah. So, and when they were gone over, they came into the land of Gethsemane. And when the men of that place had, had knowledge of him, they sent out into all the country round about and brought into him all that were diseased. The thing that Jesus was doing was getting to the next town before Jesus could get there. Mm -hmm. Men that had knowledge of him were sending their sick to him and besought to him that they might only touch the hem of his garment and as many as touched were made perfectly whole. Mm -hmm. So as we see here, not only the woman that had the issue of blood strived to touch the hem of his garment, but many did then as well. Mm -hmm. With that, my time is up, and I thank you for yours.